What's up, everyone? Daniel Shalom back here with another episode of the Sports Cube Podcast. And we have a great episode today as we break down the 2020 NFL draft. The biggest picks, the picks that we project are going to be the biggest busts in the NFL. Our projections, who we see going to the AFC wildcard, the Jets, the Giants, all of that. And we also bring you a recap of last night's MJ documentary. So stay tuned to that. And we're going to bring you NFL draft recap right after this. Before this, let me tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are certain tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it could be on heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app in the App Store or go to anchor.com to get started. Welcome back to Sports Cube. I'm your host, Daniel Shalom, and we have a very special segment as we welcome back in our Sports Cube NFL insider, Joe Stapala. Joe, thanks for being here for helping us recap the NFL draft. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Of course. And let's just dive in to the NFL draft. Joe, what were your overlying thoughts about the draft? Daniel, I thought this draft was great. I loved the online, I loved the over the TV feature of it. I loved uh, the commissioner at home. I thought it was a great homey feeling draft and it was great overall. Deep wide receiver class, deep draft class overall. No doubt. And especially speaking of not just wide receivers, but there were a lot of offensive tackles to go in the first round, especially picks 1 through 10 and 11. Speaking of, the hometown Jets and Giants both took offensive tackles. Joe, were you surprised by these picks? No, I think the Jets played this uh, played the draft off great. I think, I think it was a smart decision for the Jets in the first round to go offensive tackle in Mekhi Becton. Uh, Becton is a 6'7", 367-pound offensive tackle. And uh, and then they addressed the uh, the wide receiver needs in the second round with the with the stacked receiver class. So I think it was great execution by the Jets. Yeah, the Jets picking up Denzel Mims out of Baylor gives another weapon for Darnold to throw to, especially saying now he should have some protection from Makai Becton. Denzel Mims is a standout guy, not just on the field, because he runs a 4.38 40-yard dash at the combine, giving the Jets the speed they need since Robbie Anderson left for Carolina. Joe, how do you think this fits the whole of Robbie Anderson? Um, I think I think Denzel Mims will fit in great. He's a speed burner down the sidelines. He'll be a, he'll be able to outrun outrun many guys in the NFL and he'll be a great addition to the to the Sam Darnold offense. No doubt. And another offensive lineman going to the other team in New York, the New York Giants. Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Joe, what do you think about this pick? They needed offensive linemen. I don't think I just don't think this was the right pick for for them now. I would have went with the other guy out of that the Tampa Justin Bay Buccaneers Wills. chose Tristan Wirfs. Justin Wills Jr. I would have gone with Justin Wills Jr., but also Tristan Wirfs. They were at the top of their offensive tackle class, and Joe as I saw it, there were four top offensive tackles in this class. Like you're saying, Tristan Wirfs, Justin Wills Jr., Mekhi Becton, and of course, Andrew Thomas. And I feel like Andrew Thomas was at the bottom of that list. 
and they just went with him. I don't know how you feel about this, but I felt like it was the wrong decision for them. I agree with you. I don't think it was the right decision if they were going to go. If they were going to go, uh, Andrew Thomas, I would have. I feel like they should have went another position, but that's just me. And then what the about the? Here. What about Xavier McKinney, uh, the safety out of Alabama? I love this pick, Daniel, because he he was projected to go in the first round, so. Him going to the New York Giants in the second round was great value. He's a great player. Great pick by the Giants. I think he'll fit in great to the Giants' defensive scheme and kind of pick them up a little bit. But clearly, we cannot discount the first overall pick. Joe Burrow out of LSU. Joe, do you think he will live up to the hype, and will the Bengals stop losing? Well, the first overall hype is very is a lot of hype. So I don't know if he could live up to that hype, but I could see him having around 3,700 3, yards, about 25 touchdowns, maybe 12 interceptions, an average to better than average season. Yeah, I agree with you. Joe Burrow clearly had a lot of pieces around him, though, that made him successful at LSU. Do you think he's going to find those in Cincinnati? I don't know, Daniel. He had, he had Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he had, a, he had a lot of great options in at LSU. So I don't know if he has those kind of, uh, those kind of weapons um, on the Cincinnati Bengals, but he'll sure, he'll sure be a good player in the NFL. I think he's definitely going to have to um, materialize a little bit as he goes on with his career. But for now, I feel like he'll be an average QB. But speaking of quarterbacks, Joe, that wasn't shocking. I was very shocked when the Green Bay Packers selected Justin Love with their pick while Aaron Rodgers is still their franchise QB. How did you feel about this? I thought it was a questionable pick by the uh, by the Packers, Daniel. He got selected in the first round to be a backup quarterback. So and Aaron Rodgers still has three to four years left on his left in him. So a first round pick to select a uh, to select a backup quarterback. I don't know if that's a smart pick. I think I would have gone uh, receiver or offensive lineman to protect Aaron Rodgers and get get him some help. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. But there also is downsides to the NFL draft as well. Who would you say was the biggest bust in the first round for you, Daniel? I wouldn't call this a bust. Just don't. Just don't think he's he's a great value pick by the Oakland Raiders. Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. He played across from Jeffrey Okuda, the third overall pick. I I think he would have went in the third or fourth round if Oakland didn't pick him in, didn't pick him with pick nineteen. And I don't think he was worth the nineteenth pick in the draft. But that's just me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think he's a little bit overrated, and I feel like the Raiders definitely should have waited till picks three and four at least, I mean, sorry, rounds three and four to pick him. But you got to look at the wide receiver class in this 2020 NFL draft. It was stacked. It was loaded. It was deep. And do you think that Henry Ruggs third deserved to be the first wide receiver off the board when there are wide receivers like Jerry, Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb right behind him? Daniel, I think the Oakland Raiders have a unique way of drafting. They are very interesting when it comes to their draft. When they when they set their set their mind on a player, they are going to get that player no matter the value. 
and they are all about hard-nosed, tough football. So I think I think that was a that was a smart pick by the Raiders. Henry Ruggs is a speedster. He has good hands. He's a good player. I don't know if he should have went number one, but he is a good player. And speaking of wide receivers, we shift a little bit to the AFC West now. Do you think the Broncos are a playoff caliber team with the addition of star wide receiver Jerry Judy? And do you think they could additionally make it to the wild card this year? Yes, Daniel, I really do believe that. The Broncos are a playoff caliber team with the addition of Jerry Judy. They have Cortland Sutton. They picked up they picked up the Penn State man, KJ Hamler, who is a speedster to play their to play in their slot. Jerry Judy has great hands. Not the best speed, but that's the reason they got KJ Hamler. The Broncos offense should be scary. They also in the later rounds pick 118. They got Albert Oku Okuebunam out of Missouri, who played with Drew Locke. I think the Broncos offense is great. The Broncos defense is always great. I think it's a playoff team. And I see them actually, Joe. You might be a little surprised by this, but I would see them actually facing the New York Jets for the first time in a long time since the Mark Sanchez days in the AFC wildcard. Obviously, we're just going to see have to wait and what happens. Also speaking that there might not even be an NFL season this year. But saying that there was, there's clearly rookie of the year, offensive defense. Who do you have for those two? For defensive rookie of the year, Daniel, I have the monster out of Ohio State, Chase Young. He is a man among boys. 16 and a half sacks, great player. He's a force to be reckoned with on the defensive side of the ball. And for your offense? I have Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC. He had 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, was a key factor in that USC offense. Should be a great player for the Indianapolis Colts. No doubt, Joe. And I think also you got to look at Isaiah Simmons. He went to the Arizona Cardinals, who I thought were going to go with offensive tackle, but they actually went on the defensive side of the ball. I think that he might have a chance at sniping Chase Young for defensive rookie of the year. What do you think? I I really like that pick by the Arizona Cardinals. I think they went value. Uh, Isaiah Simmons had an amazing season. He was a great player. He is a, a fully defensive player. He could play every position on the defense on the defensive secondary. So I think I think it was a great pick by Arizona and I think he could he could win offensive I think he could win defensive player of the year. No doubt. And Joe, you're talking about this a little bit earlier in uh, in this segment with whole, the Roger Goodell being at home. Obviously there was no Chargers fans. Well, there was only 10 when they needed 12. That was a little bit unfortunate, but how did you think the NFL switching to a home draft felt? How was it for you? I really liked it, Daniel. Everyone was at home, and I think it just made it more cozy. Uh, Roger Goodell in his uh, in his basement in Bronxville, New York, was uh, was pretty funny. He he messed up a few players' names, but uh, I think it was an overall great great experience. And I think they should continue to do that after the first. I think they should have the first the first round of the draft the first night um, at the at the draft site and then they should and then they should do the rest of the rounds at home to be honest with you. I think that would be a great way for the NFL to not just save some money but at the same time up viewership especially during this time 
They've had the most viewers ever saying that there's currently no sports, but clearly we're just going to have to wait and see what happens again. And yeah, additionally, Joe, though, speaking of, like you were saying, the whole home draft and everything, what's your opinion on all these new stadiums being built, the one in Las Vegas for the Raiders that they were supposed to move into and the one with the Chargers and the Rams? What if those don't finish in time and they don't have a place to play in the 2020-2021 season? Daniel, they're going to find a place to play no matter what. It's just a matter of where. So I think you, I think you could see the Raiders moving to Texas, the Texas Raiders playing at the Alamo Dome. Uh, I've heard rumors of that. Maybe another place, but um, I've heard rumors of the Alamo Dome in Texas. For the for the Chargers and the Rams, I haven't heard much, but I think but they'll find a place to play no matter what. Yeah, Joe, I totally agree with you. Once again, thanks for helping us break down the draft. And we're just going to have to see how these draft picks pan out. You know, a lot of them are busts, but I've de- I feel like, especially this draft, a lot of them are destined for greatness. So, Joe, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Of course. More Sports Cube coming right up. We once again thanks Joe for being with us. We really appreciate his opinion on the NFL draft. But before we wrap up today's episode, we have to bring you the recap from last night's Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN, The Last Dance. Of course, last night's episode was an interesting one. It was going inside the mind of the one and only, possibly arguably the best rebounder of all time for the Chicago Bulls, Dennis Rodman. So early in episode three, there's a remarkable part in which Rodman explains how he became the greatest rebounder of all time. This this part is really one of the astounding moments in the episode. And additionally, one of the biggest things was that he was such a mentally focused person and he was crazy, but at the same time, he could turn that craziness onto the basketball court and be one of the best rebounders. Additionally, the Bulls said that at times they would call BS meetings for to practice team film just to stop Rodman from going to Vegas over the weekend. Rodman was kind of a standout character, dyeing his hair all different colors, even at one point getting the Bulls logo cut out in the back of his head. And while Dennis Rodman was crazy, Michael Jordan and the Bulls couldn't have won without him and couldn't have been as successful as they were without him. Of course, looking forward, Michael Jordan in episode four, it was once again revolved around him. He said some lies for his advantage. But at the same time, it's a winning mentality, and you just got to be in that focus if you're looking to win every game, and at the same time, be the best in your sport. So clearly, we're going to look out as episodes 5 and 6 come out next Sunday at 9 p.m. on ESPN. As for our show today, that's it for us. I hope you all enjoyed. Please drop a like, follow, comment on our Instagram at Podcast. Send us something you want us to cover. Clearly, the sports world is dry, so it doesn't have to always be sports-related, although that's what we are best at here at Sports Cube. So once again, thanks for listening. I hope you all enjoyed. Make sure to follow across everything. And until next time, peace out.